How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Engage, the official Star Trek podcast. I am your host, Jordan Hoffman. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for spending time with us for welcoming us into your lives, into your homes, into your automobiles, into your earbuds. Um, like us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash engage the official Star Trek podcast. Follow us on Twitter at, at Jay Hoffman, at J-H-O-F-F-M-A-N on Twitter. Okay, so this week's episode um, is uh, actually part two of an episode that we did a few weeks back when we had our old mysterious guest Frito on to talk about Star Trek games, and we were yapping with him for a really long time about retro games, and then we got into games of today, and by the time we were done, we are like, my God, that was a giant-sized episode, and we decided to split it in two. Um, and uh, last, uh, the part one is a few weeks ago, and in between, we welcomed guests uh, Iris Stephen Bear and Adam Nimoy two weeks ago, and last week, we welcomed guest Paul Paul Feig. And if you haven't listened to the Paul Feig episode yet, it's one of the funniest ones yet. He, Paul Feig, of course, the creator of Freaks and Geeks, director of Bridesmaids, Ghostbusters, The Heat, and Spy, and uh, the creator of a new show called, uh, actually it's not that new, relatively new show called Other Space, which is now readily available for free all over the internet. Um, so that's last week's show. Lots of fun. This week's show, similarly, lots of fun. Next week's show, there won't be one. We're taking a week off. Um, but we'll be back in two weeks, and it's going to be great. So thanks for listening, and now let's go back in time for part two of our episode on Star Trek Gaming. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its continuing mission to explore strange new worlds. Boldly go where no one has gone before. Engage. Engage. Enterprise. Enterprise. This is Captain Jean-Luc Picard. Captain Catherine Janeway. Captain Sisko. This is Captain Jonathan Archer. Red alert. Photon torpedoes. Fire. The official Star Trek podcast. Engage. Engage. Make it so. With your host, Jordan Hoffman. That, sir, is illogical. And to make sure history never forgets. This is Engage. Sailing frequencies open, sir. And we're back. Yeah. We're back for another episode of Engage, the official Star Trek podcast. I'm your Engage. host. I'm your host, Jordan Hoffman. Uh, tweet at me at, at @jhoffman. Contact us on Facebook.com/slash Engage, the official Star Trek podcast. This is part two of a of a giant sized, giant sized episode. Photon torpedoes. That's not even three mighty photon torpedoes can take this episode down. Last week we talked about Star Trek games of old with our friend Frito, who's back in the audi- in the audience in the uh, studio today. Hello. Um, and when I say of old, not that old, right? We talked about med- medium old games from yeah. the nineties, from the er, well mid early eighties to I'd, I'd the say early aughts. late nineties. Well, yeah. There was one. The, I think the the newest one we talked about was Elite Force. Elite Force One, which I think was around ninety nine. Okay, so you know the super old games. We would need to find somebody who played the first Star Trek board games from right. the original series. But yeah. You know, those get all. You know what gets all the attention is the new stuff and the old stuff, but the middle stuff. The middle people forget it. People forget the the one in the middle, and that's what last week was about. But this week we're going to talk about new games because right now there are three, count them, three games that are cutting them up out there in the cyber gaming space or whatever it's called, Star Trek Online. <laughs> Star Trek Timelines, and then Star Trek Ascendancy. We're going to talk about all three. I love Ascendancy. I love that you love Ascendancy. (laughs) I technically, have I played Ascendancy? Yeah. I was there. You were there. Well, you were... were, Did I play, though? 
Yeah, I, I was, mean, it was you and Radke were the the Romulan team. Yeah, but he did most of it, and I just did like the. You were you were I I recall you were involved in strategic decisions. A little bit, yeah. They I were was, bad strategic decisions <laughs> because I beat you. Well, it's not just that; it's that Star Trek Ascendancy by design. Yeah, is complicated. Yes, it is. It is a game for the niche, niche, niche guy. That right. the, you know, not everything has to be universal. Yeah, some things should be for mass audiences, and some things should be for very specific, what do they call it, long tail on the internet. The very right. specific audience is, you can be uh, financially viable as a company <laughs> and still maintain a user right. base that's very, very small, and that's what Star Trek yeah. Ascendancy and is we'll, for. And we'll, we'll get in the weeds with Ascendancy later. Yeah, in the weeds is the right way to put it. We're gonna get deep in the weeds. Um, we talked last week about old stuff. I hope people who didn't listen to last week go back and, and listen to it because we had clips yeah, we had some fun audio clips. We had clips from... So uh, definitely listen to... Even if you're not interested in old Star Trek games... No, because I'm not, but even I like listening to it. Yeah, there's there's a lot of fun history. We talk about some of the wacky ideas, some of the really weird stuff that came out that didn't make a lot of sense, but were fascinating experiments. Yeah, the VHS game especially. So the what's, VHS what's great, but crazy. I think if there was a thesis of last week, was that Star Trek has always been on the forefront of new technology, even in the gaming space. That is correct. And the DVD game and the VHS game was proof of that. Yeah. And nowadays, there's a game that's pretty much a mobile app game. Yes. Or is it like, uh, and it's Star Trek Timelines. Star Trek Timelines. Which I have um, never played. Okay. But I should. Yeah, you should check it out. I should, I should. And it's, very, it's practically free or basically free. It's, well, it's you know, it's it's of the genre which is known as free to play, which basically means you know you don't you don't pay for it. You can play for free, uh, but they will never miss an opportunity to try to sell you stuff in the game. Right, they zets you for the upgrade. Right. Okay. <laughs> or it's like if you want to buy the coins, you gotta exactly. Yeah, right. Exactly. So tell me very briefly what Star Trek Timelines is. All right. How, so how, where you can play Star it. Trek Time Star Trek Timelines? I think is a very very compelling game. It's for Android and iOS. You can also uh, play it on Facebook, uh, which I, I think they just released a, a few months ago, the Facebook version. And uh, it, it's it's fun. It is not an action-oriented Star Trek game. This is not Elite Force or Star Trek Online. It's more of an RPG-style-slash-collecting kind of game. And the premise the premise of Star Trek Timelines, which I think is a brilliant story storytelling premise, uh, is as follows. The game opens, there's a huge temporal anomaly affecting the entire galaxy, and Q shows up, and of course, voiced by John Delancey. Nice. And Q shows up and he says, hey, Captain, uh, there's this temporal anomaly that is causing all different timelines to converge. Ah, hence the name. <laughs> there, there you go, Star Trek timelines. And uh, and he says, look, I need you to, uh, to to deal with some of these minor situations. He says, I'm going to deal with the big stuff. Don't worry. Right, right, right. But I need you to, to complete these missions and, and kind of help me out here. And the premise of it, which I think is very cool, is because all these timelines are converging, you get all the characters from all the different eras working together. So you can do an away mission that has, uh, you know, T'Pol working with Dr. Crusher, working with uh, Captain Sisko and... Uh, and uh, and Captain Kirk, all working together. You, get, you, to, get, you can get two captains. Yeah, you can. Wow. You can there, so there are, and w so the really fun part of it is that there are different versions of characters from different alternate realities. So, oh. for example, you can get um, uh, what's a good example? You can get like regular Captain Kirk uh, of the Enterprise from yeah. the TV show. You can get Mirror Universe Kirk, Whoa. who is a super badass character, and yeah. there's there's a lot of Mirror characters coming through. Uh, you can get like the um, you can get the version of Bolana Torres from Endgame, where she's in the future and she's like a Klingon diplomat. Oh wow! And you can yeah. so so there are all these different and different versions of these characters, and they have you know all the the regular crew that you know. They have all the guest characters that you love. You know, there's Ducat and uh, and Wei Yun and uh, the Traveler. Awesome. And uh, and Q. There's a bunch of versions of Q that you can get. Um, I think at this point is the Corbin Burnson Q. Oh, Q too. I don't. I, I haven't seen him. Is that Corbin Burnson? It was that was Corbin Burnson. Yeah, Corbin yeah Burnson. that was uh, that's. Deja, I think it's Deja Q. That might be Deja Q. Where he uh, the one where he loses his powers. Right, right, right. He's like, hello, Q. Hi, right. Q. And he's like, hi, Q. Yeah, that that is Corbin Burnson from 
from L.A. Law. Right, right, right. Playing a, a Q. It's where Q falls asleep. Yeah. All the energy was sapped from my body, <laughs> and I felt mo- You fell asleep, Q. Yes. How anyway. do you get used to it? <laughs> it's terrifying. So um, all of these, so you're saying is it's not just Kirk's Bach and Bones. It's right. all these. They, what about Kelvin timeline? Is there in there? Nothing from Kelvin. They all have right. they have everything from the Prime Universe. That's fine. Kelvin is a separate license, yeah, yeah, so yeah. they don't they don't yeah, have leave that, that alone. Um, but and and it's great. So the, at this point, there's something like three hundred and something characters that you can that you can get. Right. Um, and they all have different. I mean, when you're building a team. Right, so they, uh, they Spock all Spock is very they, good for, for, for logic, and yeah. uh, you know, so Worf is good for kicking ass. Different abilities, yeah. and so this gets into the RPG aspect of it. There's six abilities. Each character that you get can have from one to three out of the six. So the six abilities are uh, diplomacy, command, engineering, science, medical, and um, something else that I'm forgetting. Tactical, maybe? Uh, security. Security. Thank you. Yeah, so security. So those are the six. And... Um, you know, so if you get like uh, like Tasha Yar, she's got like great security mm-hmm. and uh, and command. I think some of the characters only have one, but different versions of the characters uh, will have uh, different um, sets of skills. For example, you can get a Stargazer Picard, which is pic- whoa, which is Picard with hair, whoa! and he's uh, you know Picard's <laughs> a diplomat, so of course he's got uh, diplomacy skill. But if you get yeah. Enterprise D Picard, yeah. he's got a higher diplomacy skill because of course. He's By the time you're captain of the Enterprise, yeah. you're you're a better uh, diplomat. So you you can get these different versions, and you can send, you know, if you're doing away missions, you can send multiple versions of the same character, or even multiple copies of the same version of the same character, <laughs> on on uh, on missions to to do stuff. So they have so there's there's a story aspect to the game of uh, missions that you have to complete, and basically the way you complete missions is. Um, each mission has sort of a a map of different. Uh, in if if you're a math nerd, you would call this a a graph, a series of nodes connected by lines. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you don't know what what graph theory is, and and I know what graph graph paper is x yeah, axis right. and y axis. Similar idea, but not not quite Z the same axis, as. If I want to go three D. As, as uh, I so read you, I read USA Today. I know okay. what a graph is. Okay. When the Dow Jones Industrial Average is, right. is going up, it's going up. That's a completely different kind of graph. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> so just and I, I'm not gonna don't, I'm not gonna talk about graph theory. On Fair that. enough. Don't worry. I appreciate that. Um, this is not the the, so me, it's, the it's, calculus yeah, podcast. It's what a math nerd would cause would call a graph, which is basically a series of dots interconnected by lines. And so each mission has uh, one of these maps, and you start at the beginning, and you have choices to make. You could go in this direction or this direction, traveling along the graph to different nodes, with each node saying, all right, to do this, you need a security skill of at least 120. Mm -hmm. Or you could do this, which will require a medical skill of at least 140. Um, And so at each step along these missions, you have a choice to make, depending on which crew you've selected to go on that mission. Uh, to see sort of which way you can wind yourself through the mission. And uh, so sounds super boring, but it's actually kind of fun. It's kind of like a fan fiction choose your own adventure. Right. For, so, for so, so, all right. So you're told what the mission is. The mission yeah. is, all right, so let's pick a medical mission because you mentioned medical. Let's say uh, you have to go and cure the Tepian Blight. Right. So you would say, oh, who do I need to cure the Tevian Blade? Well, I could I could use some some, uh, some right. Dr. You, Bashir. Dr. Bashir, Dr. Crusher, whoever you have. And, of course, every player has a different mix, right. different subset. Tom Paris has got a little action skills, so he's probably yeah. good with strength, strength and dexterity, but also is good. Is, and he, he does have medical. Right. So he'd be a good kind of a swing player in that yeah, kind of exactly. uh, campaign. And, yeah, so a lot of it is, you know, you can grab characters that have only one skill, but the really useful characters will have three skills. And they'll have one that's really strong and two that are kind of weak. But right. you can still take advantage of those other two. The other thing is there are certain, within these missions, and this is where it gets kind of really fun and, and, and uh, finicky, is um, certain, of the, certain nodes in the mission will be locked and only available to characters with certain traits. So it'll say, mm. you know, this, is, this node requires, you know, medical of 200, but it can only be done by a Cardassian. Or this node requires, you know, security 150, but it can only be done by a Bajoran. Right. So if you've got Kira or you've got Rolaren, yeah. you can do that. Um, but you might not be able to do it until you collect certain characters that have the traits that you need. So you collect characters by accomplishing more missions. Right. You've, you've unlocked Neelix because you 
saved a cooking school. Yeah, something like something like that. You don't <laughs> typically you don't, um, with the exception of certain uh, episode ending missions, you don't te- unlock specific characters, but mm. you'll unlock abilities that will let you get uh, certain characters randomly. Gotcha. Um, so when you're doing the mission itself, though, you're not like. It's not an action game. You're not. No. You're not. You're not on the Enterprise shooting phasers. You're, right. No. It's it's very much kind of RPG style where you're sort of moving through a map and and uh, and hitting rolls to to accomplish uh, goals. Mm. So each and so this game, a lot of people don't like it, and for very understandable reasons because there's not a lot of action in it. Um, they have succeeded very well at tweaking that thing in your brain that appeals to to people who are obsessive. <laughs> and. I, I have an obsessive personality. If I'm interested in something, yeah. I I get really into it. Yeah. You know, that's why I love Star Trek so much. And this game is really, I mean, it's like a drug. for It's like morphine for that part of your brain. Wow. If you obsess over things and you're, and, you know, you obsess over the stats of your characters and their proficiency roles and, and you know, the, the different sort of mission maps, there's a lot to kind of obsess over in this game. And if you find that kind of thing fun, I think you'll find... Star Trek timelines very fun, um, and as we were talking about before, you know it's a free to play game, yeah, which means you you don't have to pay any money to get into it, um, but it's you know they probably have some Ferengi on their design team because <laughs> they will they will never miss an, an opportunity to get you to put real money into the game. Now, what would be um, what would be some points in which you'd want to actually? So when they say real money, it's ninety nine cents, right? But you just do it over and over. Again. There, there, I, there are things that you could buy for a hundred dollars in this game. Wow! And people, people and, get crazy with this. They're called and, whales. Yeah, <laughs> and, and people, people do this. And I've, I've read some discussions on uh, the Disruptor Beam forums. Disruptor Beam is the company that makes the game. Yeah, uh, where people who have talked have talked about spending thousands of dollars uh. on on this game. Well, um, I and, mean, you know, hey, whatever floats your boat, <laughs> right, as right, long right. as you know. You know, if you're not going broke, but um, yeah, and the people at Disruptor Beam need to eat, so they they ex- need they exactly. need X amount of these people to and, do and it. And you know, and then, these and these are people who, despite having spent thousands of dollars on the game, are enthusiastic about it and are continuing right, right. to spend money. Now, I do not recommend that anybody spend thousands of dollars right. on, on this. But game. a buck here or there is no big. A deal. A buck here or there is fine. They have, which I would recommend for anybody if you get in, if you start playing the game and you like it, and uh, and you want to make progress in a way that's not terribly frustrating. They have a subscription plan where you pay, I think, four dollars a month, and that'll give you enough uh, currency to uh, to get stuff at a reasonable pace within the game. Right. But you don't even have to do that. You want to do totally free to play. You can advance. It'll just take you longer. Right. Right. You just have to win. It's like right. boost. It's like, oh, I need twenty five more points. I can just buy them, or I can do them the old fashioned way. Yeah. And it's, my grandfather would do it the old fashioned <laughs> way. He would say, no, 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 you shouldn't pay. So we were do talking. It right. We were talking last time about Magic the Gathering yeah, and how there's this similar problem where if you're the rich kid and you can buy a thousand uh, boxes of Magic cards, yeah. you can get all those super rare cards that have the best abilities. And in timelines, uh, the characters are the same way. There's some that are common and some that are, that are super rare. Right. And the rarer characters have higher abilities. Like you can get uh, like Enterprise E Picard. I think oh. is a, a five star character, which is the most rare, and he's got. Here comes Brian with a bullet, and he's got uh, awesome uh, abilities. Awesome. Oh, there's Odo from Take Me Out to the Enterprise. Uh, t- yeah. Take Me Out to the Hollow Suite. So there's you can there's, get like the regular yeah. security chief Odo. You can get baseball Odo. <laughs> you can get. Um, they have like the changeling version of Bashir. Wait, he's showing me another one. <laughs> Oh, there's Dixon Hill version yes, of Picard. Yes, you can get Dixon Hill. I have Dixon Hill Picard. Dixon so Hill Picard. So that's one that would be great. very helpful. So I could see how you you would want to buy that one. Right. Um, so the and so the idea is, and yeah. we were talking about. No, how wait, just time out for a second. Yeah. Are you um? Is it is this game for your own edification, or or is there like a leaderboard, or you play with friends? You there, have like a a, a a club that you play in. There or? Are, you can join uh, with your friends in a fleet. Yeah, uh, which allows you to share resources for certain ki- types of missions. Nice. Um, and there are some kind of rudimentary player versus player uh, aspects of it, which you can you don't have to play that stuff. That you can play that stuff optionally. Right. Um, and there's also the social bragging aspect, like oh, I just got I just got my Dixon Hill Picard. Yeah. You can f- share that on no, Facebook. That's, that's huge. People on the forums uh, and on Reddit will post screenshots and like, yeah, I just got my my legendary Q or, or whatever it is. <laughs> Um, <laughs> who's the most 
high-end player that you have? That I have? Yeah. I have... I think my I think my Enterprise E Picard is the strongest player I have because I have. It's ironic because those movies aren't so hot. <laughs> Dude, First Contact is the best movie. Uh, ever wait, made. wait. All right, that was okay. You're right. You're right. All I right. apologize. I so was... and I think he's strong because so the, those five star characters are incredibly difficult to get. Mm. Um, and did you have to pay for Enterprise E Picard? No, no. I, I you did uh, it the old fashioned I way. I did it the old fashioned way. Good for way. you. Um, so, but I have two of him, and what happens when you get these multi-star characters and you get two of them, you can fuse them together by uniting their timelines, and they become more. Well, powerful. How do you have two? Is one a clone? Well, no, but they you can just you can because do you all really these... have Tom Hardy <laughs> instead? <Do you laughs> no, have, what was Shin, his name? Shinzon. Shinzon is a is a character you can get. Shinzon. Um, so you can have bad guys. Oh yeah, there's tons of bad. You can get Wei Yun. You can get Dukat. Well, one would argue that Wei Yun is not necessarily a bad guy. Oh, Wei, he's Wei, he's Wei programmed Yun's, that way. Wei Yun's bad. You can get the female changeling. You can get the changeling version of Bashir, who oh. uh, who infests DS9 for a couple weeks. Can you get I, Ray Ray Walston? Um, what was his name? The the uh, B- Boothby. Can you get Boothby? You, I have Boothby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You can get Boothby. <laughs> Wasn't there a changeling Boothby? No, because when they had the there was a, there was the real Boothby, and then there was species eight four seven. There you go. Boothby. That's what it was. Right. That, I'm confusing. Yeah, there was there was. Fake I, I don't remember yeah. which. I think I don't know if both Boothbys are available. I think I have. Tell you what, real human. If Boothby. you get species eight four seven two version of Boothby, then I'm impressed. Okay, because that's I'll, deep, deep, deep. That that is, and then well, that's the thing. You know, this game. This game goes deep into Star Trek fandom. Awesome. And, you know, they, like there are characters that nobody has heard of unless you're a serious fan. Yeah. Um, Who's the like, most useless character? The most useless character... It would just have to be generic redshirt, right? Or a specific, like the, a redshirt that died really dumb. Well, well, yeah, but there's no there's no generic character. The, well, the, 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 the redshirt who, who died by spores on the apple <laughs> or something like that, you know? The most useless I don't, there there are some useless characters, especially the oh the, the packleds the most common. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I don't know if there's a packled captain character. The thing is, all the characters are like one specific person, right? So oh, it's not it's, like the packleds. It would be like the packled. Fill captain. the packled. Fill the packled. <laughs> there are some. There are some. Of the the most common characters, like the one star characters, are are not useful uh, beyond like the early early missions. So like there's like. There's like a one-star version of Nog, like when he's still a kid, who right, is basically right. completely useless. But you can also there's also like a, an ensign Nog from yeah, when he goes to the academy, quite useful. Yeah. Who's who very useful? Yeah. Um, so yeah, you can get very deep in the woods in this game if you're if you have an obsessive personality. I suggest checking it out. All right, I'm gonna do. Don't it. spend thousands of dollars. No, I'm on. gonna spend. I'm gonna a lot. Here's what I'm gonna do because I'm not gonna say yeah. I'm not gonna spend anything. I'm going to spend. Fifteen dollars on okay. this game. I feel like that's fair. You can and I'm going to spend fifteen dollars, and I'm going to get back to you in a few weeks, and I'll tell you okay. how I'm doing. Well, so you'll see. I'll be sure. What I would recommend you do is you sign up for the the monthly plan, which is four. No, months no, I'm not, I'm not signing for the monthly plan. I'm going to. I'm just going to sign up free, and I'm going to in my head. Okay. Spend fifteen dollars, and when I get to the fifteen dollars, I'll reassess. Okay, you can do that, and I'll share my progress on the official page of Star Trek uh, Engage, the official Star Trek podcast. So. How does that sound? That sounds fantastic. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to look for it because I know you're not a gamer. And, and, no, no, and neither am I really because I don't. And I, I don't. I don't get video games. Right. And I, I love that we're doing a two-part episode right. about games with you. And you say <laughs> it's like two weeks ago, John. It's like Billings, who's who's the least useful ver- person that we get invite uh, on this episode? The other the other thing was two weeks ago, John Billingsley. Midway through the conversation, he's like, "Well, I don't really like Star Trek, but who like, <laughs> is John? Tell your that's, agent." That's just John Billingsley. Though. Yeah. He's, and, but, you know, but he was wrong. Then he he said he doesn't really like Star Trek, but everything he said was was all very pro Star Trek. So right. maybe he was just kidding around. Um, all right, cool. So uh, that's the game that's current that you love. So there's another game that I, you love I, called Ascendancy, I, but there's another I, game. I, I, I like it. So to be clear, I'm, I'm not completely in love with Star Trek because there are aspects of yeah. it that annoy me. Well. Um, but if you if you are an obsessive Star Trek fan, I recommend at least checking it out. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. This is Engage, Engage. the official Star Trek podcast. Energize. 
the game that you're not that into, uh, controversially, is uh, Star Trek Online. I don't know if that's controversial. It's successful. It's been around now. It's for, been around for. There are tons of people who love it. And how I, long has it been around now? We're, at, we're, at least five years, probably more. Star Trek. What, is this 2017 now? I, more. I th- I'm going to say we're probably close to te- seven years. I think years. the original release was in '09 or something like that. So that's it's been a long time. Yeah. yeah. And you, you uh, Star Trek Online, the it's massively been a long time getting from here to there. Uh, <laughs> February second, two thousand ten. There you go. Oh, we just had the seventh anniversary. Seven seasons of Star Trek Online. How about that? It did more than Enterprise. So people people have been playing Star Trek Online forever, and, and people love it. Yeah. Um, and which is great. But it's, it's not the thing for me for uh, the following reason, is that I don't understand uh, modern kind of PC games, video games. Uh, and I, I just I've I've tried on multiple occasions to get into because I love Star Trek. So yeah. every year or so I'll try to see if I can get into Star Trek Online uh, again. Uh, and I just I, and I just I don't get it. The controls are are too complicated. You're talking about the action aspects. The of action it. aspects of it are yeah. difficult to control. Um, it's the action aspects of it when you're on the ground or uh, in in game jargon, it's a third person shooter, which means mm-hmm. as opposed to something like. Star Trek Elite Force is a first-person shooter where you basically, you see, you know, you see your own hands holding the gun and you run around and and shoot stuff. The third-person shooter, you have to simultaneously control your guy and the camera behind you. Yeah, a little complicated. Which which I find endlessly frustrating and and it annoys the the hell out of me. Uh, Because I don't want to have to think, I don't want to be a movie director, I just want to run around (laughs) and blow up bad guys. Um, And then, you know, and the ship combat is just... It's clunky and it's very annoying to do, and it's not really exciting. Um, what annoyed me the most recent time that I tried getting into Star Trek Online was just a couple weeks ago. Um, I had heard that was now available for PS4, so I downloaded oh. it on the PS4 um, and I booted it up. And they ported it to PS4, but they didn't really do, they didn't really pay attention to the fact that. People playing a console game on a TV screen is different from people playing a computer game on a computer screen. You know, I've got a big 55-inch TV. I sit far away on my comfortable couch, but they didn't really update any of the UI. Oh, so the tactical stuff is too small. When you're, like, in Star Trek combat, the tactical map is this tiny postage stamp in the corner. So now I'm, I'm like, standing in the middle of my living room... (laughs) Two feet in front of my TV. In your to, underwear, I hope, trying, please. Oh, definitely. <laughs> trying to look at this tactical map. Uh, and, of course, you know, you're flying in the wrong... And trying to control the ship in Well, you should be standing if you're a tactical, you know? That's, that's what uh, That's point. what Worf would be. And, uh, well, um, you know... It's, and, I, you know, so I just... I find the whole user experience of Star Trek Online uh, to be actively hostile towards... Wow. Any, ...anybody who's trying to figure this out. And... And I say this in, in all sincerity, I dearly want to like Star Trek online because for one thing, I love Star Trek. For another thing, it's the only kind of semi-blessed source of new story material after Nemesis. Right, aside, aside right. from stuff like the books and stuff, but this is the only kind of... The only visual... The only visual The only motion visual storytelling... Right. Post-Nemesis. That's true. Uh, well, post... So, wait a second. Post-Spock going through the wormhole in Trek 09. That's the right. last moment in the timeline. Yeah, fair point. Um, uh, so, but, but and so, so I, so, you know, I, so I really want to to get into this for that story, uh, and for you know how how much I I love that. But I just every time I try, I just get incredibly frustrated. The last time I tried, in addition to those user interface problems on the PS4, um, like one like one of the very first missions, like the the introductory mission, is like you you're on a ship and you're fighting invaders. Uh, Kling- Klingons have boarded your ship and you have to kill the Klingons uh, and they're like go to the armory and get a phaser rifle so I find my way to the armory and it took me like half an hour I couldn't figure out how to pick up the phaser rifle Oof. and I'm like pressing all the buttons on my controller trying how the hell do I pick this up I had to go on the internet and say hi Google, I'm, how do I pick up a, a, an easy thing and I couldn't even find it on Google I went and I, fi- I found the Star Trek online reddit and I posted and like hi I'm an idiot and I can't figure out how to pick up the, the phaser rifle yeah. and then some kind person clued me in it's like you have to go to the equipment screen and there's like a menu there and I'm like All right, it sounds very, it sounds, why is this such a pain in the ass and it's I, funny because the game that you do love Ascendancy is very complex but this is complex too in a way it's, that com- you, it's complex in a way that I don't get and that's it's fair just, it doesn't it's, work with uh, my brain some people like vanilla some people like chocolate and I, have, but, and I know tons 
of people love Star Trek Online. I have nothing against those people. Right. Um, and I, I would certainly have dinner with them. <laughs> I, I would love I would love to hang out with them so I right. could so they could tell me about the story of it because I'm not going to experience. Well, all right. The story so let's myself. back it up for a second. First of all, is, is Zachary Quinto's voice still in? Is he still the guy who introduces you? When you I don't the know game. if Quinto's, uh, Nimoy is, Nimoy's voice is in it. Oh, wow. Okay. And the, and the, I've only gotten as far as the introductory mission, though, so I don't right. know if Zachary Quinto's Well, I know, uh, here's what I know about Star Trek Online. I know that I I am so with you in that I'm very curious to know more about the storyline. Yeah. As a, as a guy who's more rudimentary with games than you are, I could never play it just because I'm all thumbs with even easy right. video games. So I just simply couldn't I, do you it. You know, I very but, much, I, I understand stick a cartridge in and you've got yeah. three or four buttons yeah. and you just go. I just, I don't have the patience at this point in my life to spend an hour learning just how to play the game yeah. before I can But But it, it does, um, what I have seen of it, like I remember I did a demo and like walking around the promenade on Deep Space Nine was yeah. awesome. Like yeah. the, the level of detail was incredible. And I was- yeah, really, they did a fantastic job with you know the visuals, the yeah. ships and Starfleet. Academy. Yeah, it was really cool. And then the other thing is uh, the lore. And here's where I want to give. This is a little inside inside news here. I love this story. Inside baseball. So let me get for the insiders here. Working. Okay. So here's the story. <laughs> I know that somewhere in the story of Star Trek Online, which they do have like seasons, right? Yeah. I mean, it's you start at the no, beginning. They, they but have, it keeps there's going. a lot of story content. Yeah. Um, and and I, I think, was looking this up on Wikipedia, and I think there's something like. Like nine, like nine, nine seasons or nine releases or something. Yeah, yeah. Of stories. So one of the villains, one of the the species, the other uh, interplanetary species, is called the Ilachi species. Right. And the Ilachis have special kind of ships, and they sort of look like um, the ships kind of look kind of insectoid like, and the Ilachis are very evil. Um, and the Ilachis uh, started in Star Trek Online, and they. they um, Caught it, caught on enough that at some point along the way they retconned the Alanchi back into Enterprise. So they were right. something that you saw in Enterprise, but never had a name on Enterprise. And now we know, thanks to Star Trek Online, that the Alanchis are in are in Enterprise. So they're they're as close to canon as you're going to get. Yeah, they're ninety nine point nine percent canon. Um, the Alanchis, where do they get the name? It sounds Star Trek. Right, Elachi sounds as yeah. sounds as Star Trek as something, something Vorta, clearly or, something that a writer would have made up. No, it's not head. the case. Really, there is a woman, and I, I will not say her first name. She's a wonderful gal who works at CBS uh, licensing, and when she started, she was uh, I think she started as an intern, or maybe no, she was like she started right out of school. Very young woman who got the gig because she's wonderful and uh, brilliant in terms of like business. Uh, went to a very, uh, very highly, highly sought after business school, but was not. The joke was that she got the job even though she didn't really know much about Star Trek right. per se. She didn't have to. She had to work in, in, in business. Yeah. Now she knows everything about Star Trek because she takes her job seriously and she is as schooled as any of us. But Ms. Alachi, the joke was at first that she didn't know anything about Star Trek, and and that and that was kind of funny, and everybody would tease her. Right. And now. Uh, as a joke, or at some point along the way, the name Alachi stuck in people's heads, and they named villains after her. So she's got her own species. So the funny thing was, the girl who didn't love, any, who didn't give a hoot about Star Trek, is in is, a, is official bad guys in Star I Trek. I want to know how to get Star Trek villains named after me. You need to work for uh, for you need to be well, the you, next person you know to these work. People. <laughs> I want, on Star Trek Discovery, yeah. I want there to be a race of bad guys called the Freedonians. The Freedonians. <laughs> so here's what's great. If you go to a Star Trek convention, you will meet her. I'm not yeah. saying her first name. Let's call her Jane. Jane Alachi. Okay. Her name is not Jane. Jane Alachi is at every Star Trek convention. And she's always running around doing stuff. Yeah. So if you're at a convention and you ever meet somebody who looks like they're in a semi-official capacity doing stuff, you've probably met the Alachi <laughs> species herself. <laughs> But she'll keep it quiet. She'll never tell you that it's her. So now you know. If you're a Star Trek Online fan, if you really search around, you can find the origin seed of the Ilachi species. She's working. Ilachi origin story. The Ilachi origin story. She's working just a few blocks from us here in Midtown today. And she's not listening to this show, by the way. So that's what's funny. <laughs> um, all right, cool. So, um, and I'm not, but here's the funny part. Yeah. Jane Ilachi. Uh, has um, a sister who is a Star Trek fan. Let's call her uh, Elizabeth Ilachi. And um, on the Star Trek cruise, Jane Ilachi had to go on the Star Trek cruise and she brought right. her sister 
as uh, her guest. Yeah. So on the Star Trek cruise in January, there were two Alachis running around. Amazing. <laughs> Nobody knew. Uh, but the other Alachi, she uh, she knows more about Star Trek, so that's what's kind of fun. Well, that, now the original Alachi knows everything. Right. You, you, you mentioned... A, a rule of acquisition and she can tell you which one it is but at the time she didn't so all right so that's what's going on with star trek online now the other game um and and you know maybe maybe there'll be tweaks to the ui in star trek online i, I so. hope there i hope there will be because can you play it on a mac that's what i yeah, have you yeah can. You can. i've tried down it's, it's very common it's not for me but timelines i'm in you sold me on timelines okay. frito i'm a timelines fan i'm gonna download it uh tonight now the other game that is hardcore is a little little something we like to call Star Trek Ascendancy. Star Trek Ascendancy. This is a deep, thick, juicy red <laughs> steak of nerd tabletop gaming. Yes, it's it like is. Settlers of Catan on acid, right? Is yeah. That so, well, it has aspects of that. So, you know, this this is a different genre of game. So, this if you're a tabletop gamer, you need a big table. First you need, of you all. need a big table. Um, and you need this, a slab of cement to play this, this is, game. So, this is a, a genre known as 4X games. Uh, so, 4X stands for uh, expand, exploit, exterminate, um, something else. But basically, <laughs> these these are tabletop games where you're sort of taking the role of a civilization, and you have to you know gather resources to build your empire and expand your empire, and then get into conflicts with other empires. Right. You play so, as you divvy up as you can either play as Federation. Right. You can play as Romulan. Yep. Or you can play as mighty Klingon warriors. The mighty Klingons. And They're so eventually the, going to expand into Cardassians. So Cardassians and, and uh, Ferengi are coming are next. Out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the core game comes with those three. It's, it's designed for exactly three players, although the first time we played, we had four. Right. And you and Chris were, were the Klingon right. team. Uh, we had uh, um, our previous guest, Chris Racky of Geek.com, played, and I yeah. was very upfront. I said, listen, guys, I'm dying to play. I'm dying to play with this group, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm a mess with these games. It's too, yeah. too complicated. My, I can do so... Frito, I can do so many things. <laughs> I but I know where my limits are. Yeah. I know that there are things that I can do better than anyone else in, in this quadrant of the galaxy, but there are other things that I am a mess. And one of them is playing a complicated tabletop game right. like Star and, Trek and, and, and I and I get you. And so I just said I want to come and I'll, I was just on Chris's team as like a um I was his uh I was the I was the Wayun to his Ducat. You know, you I was go. just I was All just right. on the side, you know? That's that that sort of works, although <laughs> their their relationship kind of flips later in the series. That's so. true. Uh, season five, yeah. way you into Descartes. Okay. okay, so you know, and 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 I I get you because things like tabletop RPGs and war games and stuff, I was never super into that. You know, I my my friends were more into that than I was, and I would play. You know, sort of. I I was the guy who was like, all right you fill out a character sheet for me because I don't understand how to do it. And I was the guy who was sort of along for the mission. I was like, can I roll a die here? Can I do this? And they're like, yeah, cast your magic missile or whatever it is. <laughs> and uh, and so... Warp wood. And I so I would do that. So, And I agree. So I was never super into these complex tabletop games. Ascendancy, however, is uh, of this genre of 4X games, but as 4X games go, it's simple. So, and you can imagine what a complicated. Oh my god! If ascendancy is simple. I'm so, our friend uh, Luke, who hosted yeah. our first game, he recently he loved uh, Star Trek Ascendancy too. So he wanted to get into more into these four X games. Yeah. He just purchased what is probably the uh, the most widely known, most insanely gigantic and complicated four X game, which is called Twilight Imperium. And this is a game. Awesome. This is a game that, for experienced players, even can take you an entire day to play. <laughs> like you can, you can play this game. You can spend eight hours playing this game. Where is Twilight Imperium set? Is it like a Dracula thing? Or no, is it's a... it's it's a space opera setting. Ah, all right. So there's there's like five different civilizations. Mm, and, welcome to the Imperium. <laughs> right, and there's there's like there's a badass ship you can get called a. Uh, Called a, a war sun, which is totally not a Death Star, completely different thing. Oh, a war sun. A war sun. <laughs> so now, so the reason I mention it is if you're familiar with Twilight Imperium or if yeah. you've seen it, Star Trek Ascendancy is like half that. All right. Okay. All right, good. So you can play a game of Star Trek Ascendancy with three people in a little under four hours. Yeah, I say with a pizza break, it was four hours. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, I highly recommend. It's it's a lot of fun. So, so what is what is the basic um, you know, you get out the board, you get out a hundred right. little dice, you get these little plastic figurines, 
and some tiles. Yeah. Tell us w- a little bit of the game mechanics, although it's a little hard to describe. It's something you kind of need it, to it see. It is but difficult to describe, and it's it's the thing is once you see it in front of you, it's a lot less complicated right, than it right. sounds. So the premise of Star Trek Ascendancy is you're not playing a ship or a captain, you're playing an entire civilization. So you're the feder- the original set comes with the Federation, the Klingons, and the Romulans, and there are expansions coming out, but you can play one of those three. Um, and ideally you'll have two other people to play against you. So the idea behind Ascendancy is you start, there's no board as such, but rather you have this big stack of system disks. Each one represents a planet or a stellar phenomenon. And uh, you start with your home planet, you know, so if you're playing the Federation, that's Earth or Romulus or Kronos. You start with your home planet and your ships, and then you go out exploring in the universe. And as you go out exploring, you draw these new system disks from the pile, which has been randomized, and you discover those planets. And the the system disks present challenges that are inherent to them. Like, I remember, so, like, one of the first system disks that we turned over, and it was like, Oh yeah, this is legit. Was it was randomly we threw down, and it was the Nebula uh, Murasaki three one two right from the episode the Galileo seven. There you go. And and I was like, oh my god, Murasaki three one two. That's a deep cut. That's awesome. Right. And then it's like the problem is like you know your uh, communication sensors have been depleted. And it was like, well, of course they are, because you know <laughs> that's what happens there. So it was like, yes, this is this is somebody like there were the they, masterminds can, who created the gaming system, and then they got the way, somebody I, who really I wrote, knows. Yeah, so I wrote a lengthy write up of this game on Reddit, which you can find <laughs> if you want to look this up. But my conclusion was that, or one of my conclusions was, this is a game that feels like Star Trek. Yeah, it's, they did not take a generic 4X game and slap Star Trek skin on it. Yeah. Right? This was clearly designed by people who know Star Trek very well and they know all the lore and they're fans of the, the movies and shows. Um, and because, they, I mean, and you're right, there are deep references yeah. know, to, you know, to, to certain things. Um, so what I love about the discovery mechanic is basically you, you send your ships out, you find a random planet that you draw from this and might have, you know, a hazard that you have to roll a die to see if you survive. Right. Um, and then there's also a uh, these discovery cards. So there's a stack of these cards. Every time you discover a new planet, you draw one of these random cards, and that tells you sort of what you find on that planet. Right. It could be a virgin planet, in which case, you know, you can do whatever you want, or there could be an existing civilization there. Right. So in gaming terms, these would be an NPC civilization, a non-player character. Mm. Um, and so if you are... Uh, and, and here's the thing. If you're the Federation... You can't touch those. If you discover a planet that has an existing civilization, well, you've got the prime directive. Of course. You, you can't invade that planet. If you're a Romulan... If you're a Romulan, you can invade. You can do what you want. Right. Um, if you're strong enough to uh, to conquer them. Right. And there's there's separate mechanics for pre-warp civilizations which the, the Federation can't touch. Uh, there are post-warp civilizations which the Federation can through cultural... Um, right, right, cultural hegemony, is that what cult- they call cultural it? Hege- cultural hegemony, or hegemony, depending right. how you want to pronounce it. Right, right. So you so, can, so you which basically means, hey, we see you're a post-warp civilization, do you want to join the Federation? Okay. Right, right. So like, if you're a Klingon, you go in there and blow the place up and you right. plant your flag, but if you're Federation, you'd be like, ah, I see, would you like to partake in knowledge of science and culture exactly. and join us in our quest for the betterment of, of, of mankind? So one of the great things about the game is each civilization has these special rules, <laughs> right? So like the Federation has the prime directive, you can't invade right. uh, planets. You can't you can't touch pre-warp civilizations. If it's post-warp, you can try to convince them to join the civilization. But if they're a very advanced post-warp civilization, they don't need you. It's hard to convince them to join the civilization. Right. That's a tough role to do. Or they could just uh, look at look at the Organians. Right. Look at the Halcons. They didn't yeah. want it. They're not giving they you want their their to do with it. <laughs> they're not giving you their their dilithium crystals no so, matter what. Because the Federation has a weakness in that they can't invade to expand their territory. When it comes to cultural hegemony, they get a bonus. Right. So it's easier to convince a civilization to join the Federation than it is to persuade them to join the Romulans or the Klingons. Sure. But they the Rom- balance it out. Might right. versus, uh, I mean, they... they, they exactly. Yeah. So the thing that's, that's really impressive is that they did a great job balancing the special rules with each civilization. So it feels, it really feels like you're playing the Federation where you have to, you know, work with science and diplomacy. And it really feels like you're playing the Klingons. Right where you get battles and bonuses and stuff 
Um, but it's harder to do cultural stuff as a Klingon. So you're better off playing as a Federation. So you're equal to the Klingons, but you can look yourself in the mirror when you're shaving. There you go. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good analogy. Mm -hmm. um, on the you know on the other hand, but if you're in the Klingon culture, you would uh, be perfect. You would not look in the mirror when shaving because you wouldn't shave. That's right. <laughs> only so, only weak Federation people who sleep on soft beds shave, right. shave their beards. So Klingon, they, they certainly have the 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 more strength in terms of like uh, warlike attributes, and Federation right. has this sort of cultural hegemony. What's the Romulan strength? They're sneaky and suspicious. That's true. All right. So for yeah. example, in the battle mechanics, the Romulans they have cloaking devices, right? So they have they have a first strike ability. So the battle, me the battle mechanics are actually pretty straightforward. If you've ever played uh, Risk, it yeah. works kind of similarly to that, which is basically you've got X number of ships, they have Y number of ships, um, and you all roll dice at the same time. And so depending on how strong your weapons are versus how strong the other guy's shields are, you have to roll a certain number. And this, these are all six-sided dice, so you can, yeah. if you have a dice collection, you can use those. It, it comes with dice, but there's no fancy. There's a lot of dice in this game. Yeah. Because there's like little dice, you get a whole bunch. Right, yeah, it comes with a bunch of dice. And there's they, a million tiles, like yeah. red tiles, pink tiles. And there's, there's, there's just, um, you know, so they're, they're D6s in, in Gamer Talk, so no, no fancy dice involved. Um, but the idea is basically you roll at the same time, for however many rolls you have that are above the threshold to hit, your enemy loses that many ships, and vice right. versa. Yeah. So the Romulans, one of their special rules is, is they get first strike, which means they get to attack first without you attacking back, which means they can knock a couple ships out before uh, the battle proper begins, and then you start rolling yeah. at the same time. There's a lot of yelling and screaming in this game. If yeah. you get the right group together, and because one of them is Klingon, you get a lot of people talking like Klingons. Right, you know. and it's and it's fantastic. Beware the might of my mighty phasers, <laughs> I shall destroy you, unworthy. It's, it's great, it's, it's a lot of fun. And the other aspect of it, aside from the diplomacy and the battle stuff, is just sort of building your empire, right? Because you start out with three planets on the table, Earth, yeah. Earth Romulus, Kronos, um, and you discover all these new planets, and you ex gradually expand your empire until they start touching yeah. the other planets, and that's when you meet the other players. And it uses kind of three-dimensional space in that yeah. the board will be going this way and like if the physical if there's not enough room on the table you can right. move it on an axis. Right. And there's there's Because they're all orbiting. So yeah. in a way it's kind of like Oh, you're like, oh my God, we're almost touching. Be like, no, we're on an orbit, and you just move it. Be right. like, we're and all the way away from each other. There's a specific rule about when and where you're allowed to sort of move things around on yeah. the board. Basically, there's also satellites. You can put satellites right, there you, you and get, uh, mining stations, right? Yeah, uh, mining stations. Star bases. Star bases. Excuse right. me. Star bases. Yeah. So star bases give you some extra uh, points. So the th if you've played a game like Civilization, uh, Civilization is very much you know, I describe Civilization as you have to. Uh, get new stuff to expand your territory in order to get new stuff. Yeah. Um, and Ascendancy is very much the same way. Every time you discover a planet, if you're able to take control of that planet, you can mine that planet for resources. And so there... It's awesome. And, and it's it's... It sounds complicated, but it's a lot of fun. There, are Different planets provide different resources. There are three resources in the game. Yeah. So if you want to build new ships, that requires one type of resource. If you want to do scientific advancements that give you stronger weapons or shields, you can you know sort of mine science research resources from other planets. Um, and uh, the other one is cultural resources. Yeah. And uh, cultural resources allow you to... Uh, they allow you to colonize planets. They allow you to get certain advancements. If you get a certain number of cultural resources, you can, and this is where the name of the game comes from, is you can, you, the level of your civilization can ascend. Oh, man. Uh, and ascending is important because one of the winning conditions is if you reach ascendancy level five, uh, you win the game. So there's two, two ways to win. One is to reach ascendancy level five. One is if you occupy... Uh, two other home worlds in addition to your own. But are the Federation occupying or are they including? They can. They can. If you're, if you that may just be. If um, you're at war with the other players, you can occupy enemy planets. Oh man! You're just you can't go on the attack. You can't call. You so can't, it's semantics, really. Right. 
Well, know. yeah. I mean, if if the Romulans <laughs> or the Klingons start something, you, then you can start invading. You their have planets. to occupy for the for you have to bomb for peace, basically. Yeah. Um, but what you can't do is uh, you can't colonize existing pre-war no, civilizations. No, nor would you want to. Um, yeah, because, of course, you're the, you're the Federation. Well, this is heavy stuff, man, and I'll it's, tell you. It's a lot of fun, and there's a billion little pieces, <laughs> and the rules are complicated, but once you start playing yeah. it, it, it starts to make a weird kind of sense. So that's what's happening. Um, those are the three prongs of current Star Trek gaming. Uh, on a, uh, We both love Ascendancy, even though I was a little bit flabbergasted it's a lot by of fun. it. Well, we're going gonna, gonna to play again yeah. at some point. And, and I'm going to definitely check out Timelines. Um, uh, online is not for me personally, but it may be for you, you know, and if you're a player, I know we have some listeners that really love Star Trek Online, so you know, don't, just because we don't do it doesn't mean that you shouldn't. Yeah, don't, we're old uh, people. Don't listen yeah, to I us. Yeah, I bet you the people who are into it are younger than we are. I would just, I'm, I'm all thumbs when it comes to that. Well, listen, Frida, I want to thank you so much for coming back on the show. Um, I think that maybe the next time there's a Star Trek convention... Uh, we should get you a table and you can just play Ascendancy with, you know, just like just like, just like put up a sign that says speed. play Ascendancy with me. Yeah, like no, but like bonus, like like speed speed Ascendancy, like a quick right. five minute just a, I need a hit, man. I need a hit of Ascendancy. <laughs> just like a quick hit there of Ascendancy. Is, there are rule modifications you can do to speed up the game. <laughs> um, you come by I, the table and make one move and then yeah, make, make move. the next move. Right, right, right. I Well, I would bet, I mean, at any big convention, uh, the people from Gale Force 9 who published this game are probably there. Oh, they were there in Vegas this year, for yeah. sure. I didn't see them in New York, but I was too busy to look. But they were I'm, there in I'm Vegas. Sure That's why I saw the board. There. Right. Because it just came out. It's pretty new. Yeah, it's fairly new. So I saw the board and I'm like, oh my God, I got to play this at some point, but not today. But uh, it, it was pretty groovy. So cool. So that's what's happening. Um, thanks again for listening. We're going to have, I don't know who's going to be on the show next week, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, once again, I want to remind everybody to go to facebook.com slash engage the official Star Trek podcast and like us and leave us a comment. If you play Star Trek games, take a screenshot and send us a photo on the Facebook page. Let me see your ascendancy board. Let me see your team on Disruptor. Um, on timelines, on disruptor beams in timelines. And um, that's it. That's the end of the show for today. Engage. <laughs> Let me hit the, wait, wait, wait. Wait, where's the button? Is that number 16? No. It's Come number, on, man. You got to get on the ball here. Number five. Energize. Oh, wait. No, that's energize. Where's engage? Did it move? This is incredibly sad right now. Engage. Oh, there 17. Engage. Captain Picard, what should we do? Engage. Thank you. We'll see you next week. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 